0: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. I think that's the key. I think that's it. It's
1: all we need, baby. It's all we need.
0: Ed Tyler and Lindsay today. There's a lot going on today. Jared's at yeah. the press
1: box. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute wait a minute I thought that we were just going into it it's I been a minute I thought so
0: too the mics were on she's looking at me like what are you doing you idiot let's go start let's talking go. Ed we're talking Yeah,
2: we uh, got so it's a random yeah. Wednesday in February and yeah. there's a lot going on there's wait, a lot going on for a random Wednesday Derek Cards apparently going to New Orleans today LeBron James on a plane. has the most points in NBA history Yeah, the Golden Knights are back and Phil Castle's unbelievable
1: oh! he's the best calm down, calm down Lindsay Wednesday.
2: calm down Lindsay uh, we're going to talk to Jay Feely, yes, a uh, little bit later in the show. Who, by the way, kicking analyst—that's what one of the best jobs in the world, right? He just comes oh, out and talks yeah, about kicking yeah. on CBS. Uh, phenomenal. There's a lot on the show today, and UNLP basketball plays tonight. We'll yeah, see plays at Wyoming. Oh yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is going into a dark house by himself for a week. I wondered if uh, that's something
0: one of us should do. <laughs>
1: Good I luck with
0: that, it. Let me know how it is. <laughs> well, they deliver meals and you can leave anytime you want.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> looking for that DMT release, right? Yeah, exactly. My Darn God. right.
2: So let's great. go. Let's see how great or terrible today will be. I uh, got an idea. <laughs> the first bite.
1: I didn't even realize that this is still happening. Is Phil Kessel the best player on the Golden Knights?
0: He's your guy, Tyler. What has happened? He's incredible. To your
2: dude, man. He's incredible. What has happened? Last five games for Phil Kessel: three goals, two assists. Man, and he's on—he's on the best line the Golden Knights have at the moment. Smoldering. Will Carrier, Stevenson, and Kessel. Yeah,
0: they all three scored last night. Yeah. And Coming back, they they must add some nice... Uh, well,
2: Stevenson went to the All-Star game. The other two must add some nice vacations there. Yeah, so those those three played together in the last game before the All-Star break as well. And in that game, they had an 82% expected goals rate, and they scored a goal, which before the All-Star break was very hard for anybody on this team to do. And then last night, they also had another 82% expected goals rate, which means the last two times this these three have been on the ice... They're, they're just dominant. The other team doesn't get any legitimate chances, and they get all of them, and they then scored three goals last night, or each one of them got a single goal. I to be In all honesty, we've talked about them before. I don't know how Will Carrier became this good. Like, Will Carrier has always been I like mean, a good— He drives the net. He's always been like a good fourth-line player. Yep. He's got 13 goals this year. Nine was his career high before
0: this.
1: It literally could be something as small as I'm working with new skills coach Guy. He says to lower my shoulder another two inches and make contact 10 feet before I was before so I get leverage. And so now I'm driving the net and getting open shots.
0: Could be that he's more in shape than anyone from fixing everyone's cabinets and everyone's (laughs) doors. There's that as well. He's very eclectic (laughs) human being, isn't he?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, so it could be that the more dishwashers he fixes. The yes, more the goals better he, he gets. Scored. Well, he's got 13. His career high was nine. <laughs> the more tile he lays yes, for Jonathan exactly. March. So the more goals he's going to score. Like it. If at, any, if at any point before the season or hell, even 15 games, 20 games in, you had said, well, the Golden Knights are going to be led by a line of Carrier, Stevenson and Kessel. You'd have been like, What the hell went wrong with this team? And to be fair, what did go wrong with this team? Nobody else is scoring, but You'd have them much farther down the stand. Right. That's that's not a that's line. That's the third that line.
1: Be- that's the uh the mm-hmm. Third line that can't get figured out. That's just a constant rotation of characters. And that's why it's a huge leverage point in this league and just hockey in general, because it's kind of the throwaway spot just for lack of a better term, because you use that fourth line to be a grind line, to be a four checking line. And so you have those lesser players or at least not as strong players on that third bit. And so they can dominate if they're able to get ahead of steam, like they were last night.
2: It's the first line now,
1: Lindsay. That's right.
2: It's not the third.
1: Well, line. you know, everybody's just playing a position <laughs> out there, but not really because you just skate forward and backwards and some people have to do it more often than others.
2: Um, the only line that did not produce a goal last night. That's
0: Jack the Eichel, line. Jack. Paul Eichel's Connor, line. Jonathan he Jones. shot the they
2: puck. He had
1: chances. He hit the post. He,
2: sh- he shot the puck. He shot yeah. the puck. Yes. It is not one of those games we had, uh, you know, three weeks ago where it's like, oh, Jack Eichel hasn't taken a shot in three games. Yeah. He had four shots on goal last night. Plus hit the post, which doesn't count as a shot on goal. As long as Will Carrier, Phil Kessel, and Chandler Stevenson are the best line in hockey, Jack Eichel doesn't have to do much. Yeah, but once can, that dries up, Jack how Eichel long might can need that continue? Something. How long can that continue?
1: Not long. No. Well, I got a hell of an opponent on Thursday, Minnesota. They always play the nights really tough. They Super do. physical games. They do. Get an under each other's skin. There's basically the entire soul of the former Golden Knights in their locker room between Revo Re- Flurry, and Merrill.
0: I love the, I love nicknames. Yep. You know this. Oh
1: yes. Oh yes. <laughs> just that. add a Z or a no at R-D-Y. the end of anything. It's yeah. yeah. not
2: even less it's not even a shorter nickname. We well, can call him Reeves. Reevesy. That is longer. His nicknames oh, is the matter. same length it's and about, longer. It's about, is it
1: easier to say? Yes. It doesn't matter about how long it is. Again, you with the number. This has so many letters. Does not matter phonetically? Come on.
2: Reeves is as easy to say as Revo. Yeah. Revo
1: is e- Revo's easier. Revo. O is a more Reeves. natural sound than
2: Reeves. It is. I don't know. If you're just trying Let's to get a guy's. Let's talk to some
1: speech therapists. We'll get down to the bottom of this.
2: If you're just trying to get a guy's attention on the ice, I feel like Reeves is easier to get out than Revo. You got too much you got too much on that last well, syllable. Well, just think
1: about where you're holding your breath though when you're, you know, skating up and down the ice. It holds different places in your lungs. So, Revo. I
2: mean, if I'm skating up and down the ice, Reeves! I am not going to be able to yell anything.
1: Ask I know. Puck, no. I will
0: not I will not have uh, an ability to say anything, especially <laughs> nicknames.
2: <laughs> Revo. That's,
1: Revo. That I'm
2: convinced that's the reason any nicknames in sports exist. So, you're able to quickly yell your teammates. It's a a communication hack. Right. So, you can't say Reevesy that's longer than Reeves. The hockey. Right, right. But Mm -hmm. you can't have a nickname that's longer than the actual name. Yes, you can if
1: you can say it quicker, if it's more natural sound. It's the
2: purpose. Okay. I
1: don't think we're going to get anywhere yet again.
2: (laughs) The other impressive part about the Golden Knights last night, beyond the greatest line in hockey scoring three goals, the Predators had six shots on goal. Through two periods,
0: four in the second
2: period.
1: They also had two and two, in, two the in, in the second period. turnovers. Yeah,
2: that that was one of the worst games I've seen a team play. Like the Golden Knights had an odd man rush, yeah. seemingly every two yeah. minutes of that game.
1: Well, and what a way to respond to because. The Predators have been really struggling, probably not as bad as the Golden Knights have been struggling, but their scores in Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne have basically been non-existent, which is really the big difference between this year and last year. And when Duchesne scored that opening goal, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're now we're getting there. They're down again, they're down again,
0: they're,
1: they're getting the, the snake bitten opponents off the Schneid. And it's not looking great. And then you have the response right away. And you had three different types of goals. You had a goal off the rush with a little bit of a four check. You had a drive in that with Will Carey. And then you had chaos in front with, with cleaning up of a messy rebound. And and that, what for me, even if they didn't win that game, I mean, if they didn't win that game, I'd been like, holy crap. But it, it felt like a cleanse. It felt like somebody took Sage and just went around the rink and cleaned it out and kind of set some things right. Because... If they lose that game last night and you walk into Minnesota with a really tough opponent where you're kind of, you know, it's a toss up, if not unfavorable for you, it's not
0: an underdog. And then
1: you come home and you play a couple California teams that have nothing to play for and say you lay an egg. Like we're having a very catastrophic conversation. Catastrophic. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. All season, well, I, well, I know it's just the press box, but like legitimately you're like, what is going on with this team? And. It's as simple as scoring three goals in three different ways in the first period to kind of sweep that all the way. We had the break. We're recentered. We're refocused. Everything's going to be fine. So
0: this is much all of that instead of who they played?
1: Yes. Well, that you can only control what you can control, which is the people in right. the room. And so... Ultimately, the the National Predators did not show up with their best game last night. But how often have we said the Golden Golden Knights have showed up with their best game? Not lately. Despite what their opponent is doing. So I'm enthused.
2: Which Golden Knight is most likely to walk around the locker room with some burning sage? To cleanse the oh, room.
1: That's a great question. I feel like William Carlson would do that. You think so? Yeah, he's just a guy that doesn't really like talking about hockey that much. And I just feel like he has outside interest. Be like, yeah, we need, to, we need to clear it out. Maybe LT would do it. I feel like LT would be willing to try anything if it gave him an edge.
2: Somebody suggested it on Twitter. He might do it.
1: Perhaps, maybe that's what we need to do. Get a campaign going. Ed, why don't you get that started? You're the. Let,
2: let me start
0: that. I'm gonna write about that. Okay. Let me start it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna either that. Or I'm I'll just, serious though. I'll just ask like I it. think
1: it's a great thing to to see what they were able to accomplish last night. They were able to get inside in the dirtier areas in front of the net, which has really been the main reason why they haven't been able to get scored. I
2: mean, when Phil Kessel's there.
1: Oh, well, he's an inspiration.
2: That's impressive. That I, I'm just saying.
1: There. There's still hope for your for your back tattoo of Phil Kessel when they won the championship. You oh, get a little tramp stamp, number eight. Did you,
2: did you know Mark Stone's out? I don't think the championship part's well, out. No. you never know. You
1: never know. You can grab onto some coattails momentum and ride that sucker into the sunset.
2: I thoroughly enjoyed William Carrier's breakaway goal simply because it was a just horrific turnover.
1: Yeah, that those lead. are the best.
2: Yeah, and then he <laughs> wins the race you to the puck. You idiot! Right, exactly. Like, well, you can't be the last guy... On, they, the, on your own blue line If it was a physical
1: mistake Those happen Mental mistakes cannot But they do They do happen Humanity is flawed uh, unfortunately,
2: unfortunately It is um, Ed have you ever Saged a room
0: this is, this is a hard one Because I've done A lot of things okay. Um <laughs> Back in the college days. <laughs> oh, that type of sage grass, <laughs> oh, huh? Yeah. Oh, uh, San Diego State. Yeah, Got to get know. that term well, paper uh, us, in. Need
1: some inspiration. Us
0: Aztecs, <laughs> you never know. We're, cra- we're a crazy bunch. I don't think I've saged a room, though. Okay. I don't think I've saged a room.
2: Have you, Lindsay?
1: No, not official, Not oh. with official sage, but I have hot boxed for sure, like Ed's talking about. All right, about.
2: you guys went the opposite yeah. direction of that. but yeah. It's a
1: different sage.
2: My... Fiance has saged our house multiple times before really right. burn, burn the little bundle of sticks that sage so Do you
1: berate her and say this isn't real Or do you believe sage? It? Yeah, uh,
2: no, I'll let her do that. Okay, but I will berate her over other things that are not real okay. like ghosts Oh, she she believes in ghosts. Oh, yeah, really and, and like uh, what are they called mediums people that mm-hmm. they can talk to the, the dead? I just, yeah,
1: I feel like there are spirits Maybe not like ghosts where they talk to you in the way that we anthropomorphize them, but I think there are presences.
2: Yeah. I'm going to berate you too. Once uh, what we else to is new? What Coming else up is new? Next on ESPN, Las Vegas, LeBron James has the most points in NBA history. Westbrook to James at the elbow. James turns. The crowd wants it.
3: James free throw line. James fade jumper. Good history in Los Angeles LeBron James a record that had stood for almost four decades now belongs to the king 38,389 points and climbing and with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here in attendance to pass the baton LeBron James is the NBA's new all-time scoring king this is the press
2: box LeBron James needed 36 points to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last night. He did it before the fourth quarter started. He ended up with 38 points last night on 13 of 20 shooting and did it with 10 seconds left in the third and they stopped the game. It was a nine minute delay. Kareem came on the court. Adam Silver came on the court. They had a fun video to play. LeBron got to speak, dropped an F-bomb on TV for the whole crowd. We'll have
1: that later without Uh, the F-bomb.
2: Eh, it's unfortunate. Could have done it with the F bomb, and then none of it. I could do agree, show again. but the
1: the powers that be <laughs> say no.
2: So uh yeah, broke the record last night, nine minute delay in the middle of the game, and then they said, All right, we got ten seconds left in this quarter. Let's go do yes, it. Yes, exactly. And then
0: <laughs> Thunder chucked up a three at the end of the quarter. And they went on
1: it. a seven nothing run right after that. What a response from them.
2: Well, of course. The game should have just been over. Yeah, I agree. All right. Good job. LeBron. It would have
1: been weird if they would have waited till the end of the game, though, because then the moment's kind of it's not gone, gone, but it's late. Right. So There's really no way better to handle it than what they did.
2: I think I agree. Even though nine minutes is kind of obnoxiously long. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could have played the final 10 seconds of the third quarter. Correct. And, and then, you then say, just, go back and then to the locker
1: room. Go pee. Yeah.
2: The quarter break would have just Get been an orange right.
1: slice or two.
2: Yeah. Um, and I know you said yesterday you didn't feel like this was getting hyped up. Uh, that much I didn't mind that it wasn't getting
0: hyped up I just didn't think it was comparative to maybe Steph and other records
2: so here's here's what I've determined What this is the second best individual record an NBA player can hold not like titles because that's a team record but individual record the two best this is number two number one is 100 points in a game by Will Chamberlain okay because if that ever gets Nothing, broken that's going to be well a massive deal. I don't already, know that it's it's ever uh, going to happen. You think uh, somebody will get to hundred?
0: Oh, there's someone out there right now
2: who's Cam playing. Thomas. Shane Cam Steve. Thomas. <laughs> Cam Thomas might be the guy. But I think this is the second like individual accomplishment mm-hmm. that a player can have. Okay. Is this record. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about this yesterday. We don't treat basketball the same way we treat baseball, baseball for there's, records. We right. just, there's exactly. not even mi- not even records. We don't even do it with right. milestones. Right. right? There's no three thousand hit comparable. There's no five hundred home run right. comparable in the NBA. We just don't really pay as much attention to it. But I'll make it a big deal for you for for a couple of minutes. The dream record, second best record you can have in the NBA. But the amazing thing to me is like what it took for LeBron James to break this record. He's averaging thirty points per game in his twentieth season right. in the NBA. This he has been in the NBA for twenty seasons, and he's averaging thirty. He it is I believe eighty three percent of all NBA games he has played, he scored at least twenty points. That's
1: out. wild. Like
2: it, and it's only like seven games in his entire like fourteen hundred game career that he is or fourteen thousand uh, game career that he has not scored at least ten. Mm-hmm. Like, he has just been unbelievably consistent for 20 seasons. That's the part of the, that's insane to me. There has not been a legitimate drop-off. He's obviously not as good now as he was when he was in Ten Miami years or when he, you know, took the Cavs took the to a Cavs title. title. Right, exactly. But the drop-off is still pretty small, Right, what he is now compared to what he was then. It's incredible that he is still this good 20 years in. And maybe there's a sudden drop off, but he's probably going to be this good for another two or three years. Well, he's got to be good next year when Bronny comes. That's right. I thought it was when, the following or two year. two years. Yeah. Because Bronny's going to play a year of college, right. I think. He's so he's gonna got play a year of college. Got a couple of years, and then he's right. got to be still be a superstar. Right. But that's the part that's incredible to me is that he has been this good for 20 seasons. That's just his. We talk about, you know players in their peak and how good they were for a three or four or five year stretch. This guy's been that good for two decades.
1: I don't think we're ever going to see somebody do what he's been able to accomplish because now these days you have so many people coming up from the pipeline playing so much of whatever their sport is. From a very young age, you see injuries break down. People earlier, the way that we treat athletes is different now with with just like intentional rest and everything. I don't think we're ever going to see a human body be able to achieve what he's been able to and sustain.
0: I don't... I think Lindsay's exactly right. And we've talked about this, the game management and all yeah. that. I don't think this record gets broken
1: how can anybody maintain this level of play realistically and and not break down and that's only recently when he had that his first season with the lakers when right. he started having problems because he was playing not just every single regular season and going to the finals for how many years he's he was playing for the, usa basketball every summer yep yeah. he was doing olympics 100% yep. and i just think you hit this absolute perfect spot and by you i mean him Roger Federer Serena Williams all these people that were at the right age when technology really started to be able to uh, revolutionize the way that we rest, the way that we rehab things, and before it got so commodified where people are doing too much or overtraining certain aspects of their body that won't allow them the flexibility, the plyometrics that Tom Brady employs a lot that's really lended itself to his longevity. Because you can't have too much muscle. It breaks down. It sinks.
0: Well, I don't know. I didn't see much muscle in the underwear picture. He looked pretty skinny. (laughs) you see the underwear picture
2: oh
1: how do you not escape that i'm like dude get a puzzle
2: get a puzzle do
1: get an animal crossing get a a nintendo switch do something else i get it he's trying to sell stuff but it's just
2: he's gonna be back in the NFL. i tell you you that's Uh, well when you
1: screw over a witch
2: yeah
1: everything has been recalled from him he doesn't know which way is up
2: I think there is a chance the record does get broken again. Oh, do you? I w- I will Just say by one three thing. Pointers? Long yes. time. Yeah. I will say one thing. How long is LeBron going to play? Uh, because three years he's going to play yeah, 2 to 3. I, I I think that Bronny thing he he really wants yeah. to yeah. do. Yeah, like 100%. If he could conceivably play like 5 more years, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he the way like, he looks and plays now. And he could play past the prime, right? He could still be in the league and be a player yeah. even when he's yeah. not averaging 37 30, and plan. Seven. He could right. come
1: off the bench right. Right. and get so a like, tech.
2: I don't know if he's going to want to do that. I don't know if in five years if LeBron is like, oh, I'm you know a rotational piece for this team. He right. might not want to do that, but he could. So like, there's a chance he plays for like five more seasons. Well, he's going to get over 40. Right. But I do think there is a chance because of the three-point line, how much more teams are shooting the three, and how much faster-paced NBA games are now. Do you think yeah. guys
0: with the way the money is nowadays, would want to play that long? That's a good question. And
1: they diversify their business a lot earlier, too. It's not where they start thinking about the after in their 30s. You're building a whole brand and empire the minute you get drafted these days. Because if you are that kind of score, you're making a
0: fortune.
2: Right. I wonder the whole chasing of records and chasing of, you know, who's the greatest of all time. There's not many people that can even chase that. Kevin Durant's one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. He's never going to be in that conversation. No, he can't stay healthy. No. And so I I wonder if, like LeBron James enters the league with you know the most hype that maybe we've ever seen for an athlete, right? And it's he's the chosen one on Sports Illustrated, and he meets those probably beyond, exceeded he goes beyond, beyond, he superseded expectations. It. beyond expectations. But I wonder how much of the idea that LeBron in high school was, hey, you're next, like you are the next Michael Jordan. Right, How right. much that led to him being like, all right, I need to win five, six, seven NBA right. titles. I need to be the all-time leading scorer. What
1: kind of drive does that put on you with those expectations? For somebody yeah. else in
2: the future. Like, are we going to do that to somebody again? Probably not. I mean, sure, I'm, there might be somebody. But I wonder if 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 players need that to actually accomplish this over 20 years. Or if it's going to be somebody who's like Kevin Durant, who's unbelievably good. But it's not really their priority. They don't come into the league thinking I need to be the greatest of all time. Right. Right. So they don't their goal is not to play for twenty years at the highest level. Their goal is to play for twelve years and have a good career and make a bunch of money. And then, all right, that's I'm satisfied with that versus I feel like LeBron's entire career. Right. LeBron's entire career has been I'm not satisfied until I am the greatest player that's ever played this game. Whereas I don't think there's gonna be that many people that come into the league with that mindset or the realistic chance to do that either. I've never asked you who you thought the greatest player was. I think it's LeBron. Oh, you do. Yeah. 100%. All right. And I I buy into the narrative that if LeBron James wanted to be the best scorer in the world, he could do it. Yeah. And I think we You mean he could be if, what Jordan was. If, and I think we saw it last night where he was very much like, "Oh, I'm going to go score." Right. Like that, was in his not... classic
1: way too, with the fade and everything. Like yeah. when I used to play two K back in the day, those are the shots <laughs> that I would throw up all the time. And you could just see the way that he moves his body and the way that he, he falls back. It's the same thing with any um, iconic player scoring. Mean, they're, t- they're saying, "Oh, he's going to do a sky hook right in front of Kareem." I, I
2: think he wanted to. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. The, he the just first... Do you he think that would have been did... well
1: received, or do you think they would have taken it as a slight? Oh, no.
2: I, I think it would have been more respect. Yeah, it's the first. People possession... would have spun it though. The first possession when he was two points away... He tried to post up sort of in the corner. Yeah. And I think he wanted to go into the paint with the hook shot. But whoever for the Thunder was guarding him actually was playing really good defense on him. And LeBron had to kick it out. And then the next possession, he took the fadeaway jumper. I think he wanted to. I honestly think he was going to give it I'm glad he
1: broke it in the way that he did. That's his classic shot.
2: Would he have missed the free
0: throw on purpose given he said if he would have felt he cheated it with a free throw? Oh, he should. I I agree with that. Yeah. If if that was the opportunity, I think I would have preferred that. Yeah. Yeah. Just clank it just off, the, clank of it the, off rim. the rim and just say, I'll, I'll break it Yeah. A Peak
1: theater he wants. He's a full-blown it entertainer. Is. And that's why I don't think, even if with the three-pointers and how you were talking about the pressure for people to kind of live up to those expectations, I don't think we place those expectations on people anymore because we don't expect others to be so singularly focused like that. Because ultimately, that's not a he- healthy way of life. It's yeah. really not.
2: Uh, And fun fact, the Lakers lost to the Thunder last night. Then they lose 133 to 130. Because they can't defend anybody. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, John Von Tobel joins the show. This is the Press Box. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Are you having trouble urinating or struggling with an urgency to urinate? Or require frequent trips to the bathroom during the day? Now is John Von Tobel. Good morning, John. John. How are you? What's going on, guys? What's up? Uh, So the most important NBA story of the week. Who is Cam Thomas, and how does he keep scoring 40 points?
3: Dude, it's incredible. You know, it's funny. So uh, it's a great anecdote from uh, out here in Las Vegas. Uh, During the summer league, uh, right, Cam Thomas uh, was out here, and he was asked about, like, hey, you know, are you working a little bit more on your passing game? And, like, hey, I know Steve Nash really wants you to start to kind of work as a facilitator. And he looks at the the interviewer, rolls his eyes, and goes, yeah, we're working on it. Uh, So clearly, (laughs) he doesn't really need to work on the scoring. He's been fantastic. Uh, But it's funny because that is one of the young players that Kevin Durant apparently loves. And you can kind of see why. Like, they have a pair of read reports, have a really good relationship, and he really thinks the kid's future is bright. And at least his NBA scorer looks pretty darn bright because he's been fantastic.
0: Does he love him enough not to want to get moved?
3: uh well i mean maybe you'll have to press him on that one uh if it means moving him for uh right and by the way to your point right this comes at the perfect time because <laughs> trade deadlines in the day and you're like man this is great score one more 40 point game for us so we can ship you off i don't think the relationship is that deep especially if it's going to get you like a pascal siakam type or something like that to roll with you uh as a counterpart to intentionally winning an eastern conference championship so I would say he probably likes him, but not that much.
2: Wait, has Cam Thomas actually shown enough in a week that he actually has legitimate trade value? Oh, he's, by all accounts, he had already shown
3: that before. There were talks to Tyler during the summer that he was like an attractive piece for some because, you know, you know how it is, especially with a young guy like that in the NBA, it's all about projection, right? It's what you're projecting him to be, not exactly what he is at this point right now. And Cam Thomas projects to be what we've kind of seen over the last couple of games, which is... A uh, really solid, lengthy scorer who can score from multiple areas of the floor and hey, can really uh, help your offense out in a really big way. So he'd projected to be, I think, like a couple of offers were out there for like a first round pick. Uh, he's still, I think, got some value if the Nets do want to move him.
0: All right, John. He's probably going to play three to five more years. Uh, what are the chances this record has ever broken for LeBron?
3: Dude, so it's funny. I tweeted out a joke yesterday, right? Because I was, I was, I'm, I'm with you. He's probably going to play those three to five more years. And so I was like, "Hey, okay, well, all right, Twitter, we'll see you in 2045 when Luca does it." But then I'm doing the math. I'm like, "Luca's already 23. Like, LeBron's gonna keep playing. Like, like you're gonna have to have an incredible career, and even at Luca's pace, he's gonna have to play till he's like 40 to go ahead and surpass this guy." So I don't know. Like, honestly, I really do not know. Like, and with the way, excuse me, with the way the game is changing, uh, maybe there's a there's a chance that kind of like these NFL records, right? They're gonna start to fall because they added another game. Maybe that somebody comes along before I go and he'll be able to surpass it. But at the same time, there's already talks of cutting this league season down, right? But to like seventy-ish games or something like that. And so if that happens, I don't think that record ever falls, right? Because if he's going to add three more years of play to this and they cut the season, I don't think there's really any way that that record is going to fall. So I, I would say that there's a chance, but I don't think it's really going to happen if you look at it logically.
2: It feels like for it to happen, you'd have to have a player that comes into the league Maybe not with the same hype as LeBron, but the same at least idea that hey, everything I do has got to be about being the greatest basketball player of all time, and then that person's going to have to be that for twenty years, which is what LeBron has been.
3: Well, and that's so. So to add to that, right to your point, that's what makes this whole thing incredible about LeBron. Like there was that Sports Illustrated cover being shared last night on Twitter about you know him as a junior in high school, and it's like he lived up to the expectations. That's the incredible part about this journey. But to your point, Tyler, so, like, let's take Victor Wemanyama, right? So he's coming out now this year. Uh, by all accounts, like, his mentality is very cutthroat. Like, I don't know if you saw the quote from, like, a few months back where he was asked about Scoot Henderson's game, and he told the media Scoot Henderson would be the best uh, pro- prospect in this draft if I was never born. right? Like, he's, he seems to have the mentality of a player who would be able to come in and do that. So maybe that is going to be the case. But to your point, like, when you talk about, like, having to live up those expectations, and not even that, Victor Wembanyama could come in and have those expectations. You also have to have longevity of being able to play as long as you can to approach this one. Uh, so I like maybe it's a guy like Wembanyama. I think he's got the right mentality, but it's just it, it is so hard. You can poke so many holes into anybody coming into this thing and surpassing this record the way LeBron has.
0: Is this the most impressive record?
3: I, I think so. Like, I, I would think so. I mean, just given the fact that again. It's just the title of I have scored the most points in NBA, you know, in the NBA's history of the game. Um, the longevity, right, that you need to have it. And, like, the efficiency, right? It's not it's not like a compiler stat. Like, you've got to be able to go out there on a night-to-night basis and score with efficiency for the length of his career. That's, that's wildly impressive. And especially in today's day and age, right, where guys are missing games pretty regularly, where we're resting dudes and whatnot. To be available as consistently as LeBron has throughout his entire career, to score these many points at the efficiency that he has, I would say yes, that it is the most impressive.
2: Should we have an NBA, a milestone like we do in baseball with like 3,000 hits? Like, we, we don't have that. We don't care about it as much. But should that be something that gets talked about more?
3: But in what way, like scoring or like,
2: like it's, uh, I think it's 33 baseball players have 3000 hits and it's like 50 NBA players have scored 20,000 points. But like, I I don't even remember the last time, oh, he scored 20,000 points and it was a big deal. Meanwhile, Miguel Cabrera just got 3000 hits. And I remember that happening.
3: Yeah, no, I, I I mean, I think it should, but like, it's, it's so weird because it's the way we talk about sports, right? Like, so. Major League Baseball is so statistically driven that, you know, that's what we talk about all the time when it comes to baseball, these numbers, you know, uh, winning the Triple Crown, all of these things, like those sort of statistics matter. In the NBA, when you talk about, like, from a historical context or how we rate these players, the conversations are always what? It's rings, it's winning, it's championships. And I think that's part of the problem, Tyler. It's the way that you talk about these sports, right? Like, even, even go to, like, the National Football League. You know, like four thousand yards used to be a thing, and then it doesn't anymore because everybody does it every single season, and it's the way we talk about the sport historically that we don't really have those conversations. And I think it's part of the problem is is that not many people really care about those achievements because all it matters nowadays is do you have you know x amount of rings to match up with Michael Jordan or whatever it is. And I don't think people appreciate how much it takes to get to those milestones. To your point,
0: Kyrie said he felt very disrespected that nobody ever celebrates him, and now he's with Dallas. Is Dallas going to celebrate him? <laughs>
3: For a year, yeah, right. It'll probably worked out for like a year or so. Uh, it was great. I think it was um, uh, Gary Washburn, who works for the Boston Globe. He had an old tweet that when he got Kyrie uh, acquired by the Boston Celtics, right? Um, it was uh, Kyrie is quote ecstatic to join the Celtics and and their um, you know they winning ways under Brad Stevens. And then that was a photo that was, you know, that was a screenshot taken of that tele-tweet and then put next to Chris Haynes, who tweeted out, Kyrie Irving is ecstatic to work with the Dallas Mavericks. And Jason Kidd. So like, <laughs> I mean, this is exactly what he is. He'll, pl- he'll probably play nice for like a season or maybe even just a year, like a calendar year. What I mean, right? So like, by the time we get to the trade deadline next year, who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. But like, he's hitting at a 100% rate right now with showing unhappiness in whatever situation he gets to. So maybe they'll celebrate him. Uh, But at the same time, like that team does have some flaws with him out there. They have a really high ceiling on offense, but they're going to have to outscore every single one of their opponents because they're nowhere near the defensive team. They were last year. You know, I keep seeing that, Hey, you know, Luka Doncic got to the Western conference finals on his own last year. Of course, they'll be able to get back with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. That team was the seventh best team in defensive efficiency. This team's 22nd. And you're going to have lineups with him, Kyrie Irving and Christian Wood out there. It's not a defensive stopping unit by any stretch whatsoever. So, They might celebrate him for a year, but I don't know why you would think this would go any different than any of the other stops have for Kyrie Irving.
2: you think Dallas re-signs him after this offseason? I would think so. Why do you ship off the assets to do it, right? Like, that doesn't really make much
3: sense. But now, what also doesn't make sense is being able to sign a player like Jalen Brunson for only a $55 million extension, refusing to offer it to him, letting him play it out, and then losing him for nothing. (laughs) That's exactly what they did. So, maybe they'll go ahead and do that. But maybe they're gonna you know, maybe Kyrie's gonna be offended by an offer that he gets because you can't feel entirely comfortable, right, signing him to a long term deal if you're any team, even if it's the Dallas Mavericks who shipped off some assets. So Tyler, I would say yes. Like it makes the most sense. You would not chip off the pieces you did to get him to then ultimately let him walk, uh, because you're not a team that can get a rental and win a championship. But maybe if they win the finals, they'll be comfortable letting him go. But I, I would think they'd be
0: I mean there are people there are other teams in on this wanting wanting him or wanting to give up assets for him. If he wouldn't go to Dallas what would what would he be on the open market given kind of the weirdness he brings?
3: I mean, I still think there's something there, right? Because you said it, Ed. Like four teams were in on this. That includes the Mavericks. And the the, the difference is like when you're like when you're good at something, even if you're a pain in the butt, like you have value, and teams are still going to try to go and acquire you. That is evidenced by what just happened. Uh, when it comes to teams looking to trade off assets to go and get a Kyrie like, Irving. And good assets at that, like those 27, 20, first round picks for the Lakers, those are really good picks down the road, right? Who knows what the Lakers are at that point? So, yes, I think he's got a market. Now, how much money is going to be out there in terms of like guaranteed deals or whatnot, that's a really big question. But there would be teams to line up to go and get him because of you as a team can convince yourself we can fix him, right? We can make it work in our system. We'll be able to make him behave. And maybe you will for a year, but it might blow up in your face.
2: Well, he is John Von Tobel. You can catch him on v also on Cofield and Company right here on ESPN Las Vegas. John, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Johnny. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Harkless front court, right side to Webster. Catch and shoot three is good. Webster hits the three. The Rebs are, Rebels are within two, 76-74. Huge shot for Justin Webster.
0: Back to the Finley Toyota Studios for Granny and Bischoff on the Press Box.
2: UNLV plays Wyoming tonight. 7.30 start. You can hear that right here on ESPN. Las Vegas, UNLV won the first meeting against Wyoming, 86-72. Wyoming is not very good. They're 7-15 on the year. They're 164 in Ken Palm. And Wyoming's leading scorer is now out. For the season Noah Reynolds has been ruled out due to uh, concussions that he has suffered Um, Reynolds is not only their leading scorer he has the third highest usage rate in the country so for some context that's where Bryce Hamilton was last season so the amount that UNLV used Bryce Hamilton last season is how much Wyoming relies on Noah Reynolds. Reynolds. So not only is their leading scorer out, there's just a lot of usage that has to be replaced. And you throw on top of that Graham Ike, who's Wyoming's best player, has not played a game this season due to a foot injury he suffered before the season started and that Wyoming has only had one player play in every game all season long. This is a game that I can't imagine UNLV losing. Hold on, hold which on. Which is the same thing I said last week before they lost to Fresno State. UNLV
0: laying three. <laughs> In Laramie, last week they laid nine or ten. We both thought it was going to be a blowout.
2: So, no, I can't see them losing it either. And yet they here can't, they go to Laramie. They can't. They don't have their best player hasn't played all season. Their leading score is now out. They're they're bad even if they had their leading score. I think in the they game. can, but they won't. They so they can. They already beat him by fourteen. They already beat this team by fourteen. I know. Already, it's it is. It probably the worst defensive team in the Mountain West. Maybe Air Force is worse, but I think Wyoming is, is going to rank as the, the worst. They're 257 in defensive efficiency. UNLV uh, shot it extremely well in the first matchup. It's It was UNLV's most efficient offensive game of the season, as long as we don't count Life Pacific, because that was an insurance company, not a college yes. basketball team. Like, UNLV made 55% of their threes. UNLV was 17 of 20 at the free throw line. Like, that was... The best offensive game they've played all year. And even if they come back to earth a little bit and don't have that good of a performance, they should still do enough to win this game. I'm, we right, can't, there. We I'm can't. right
0: there with you. I just I, we said this last week and Fresno State came in and won in Thomas and Matt. Uh,
2: we can't come in here tomorrow. You having lost to Wyoming just can't happen. Well, if they do, six to seventh go to the eighth, and we get the good time. Oh, the we, get the eight, nine we get so the eight-nine seed. So we're cheering for them to lose. This yeah, one. absolutely. We, we need the <laughs> we need the uh, earlier time for deadline. We Come just we, Ed. We can't have them fall to the ten seed though, because that's basically yeah they the same play the seven. seven. Yeah, yeah, they play so the seven. You gotta you gotta stay. They the gotta eight, be in nine. that eight-nine game. So I cannot imagine them losing. But I'll give you one area they could lose. Wyoming shoots it pretty well from three. They're not great by any means, but thirty-five percent on the years is above average. And in the first matchup against UNLV, Wyoming did hit 40% of their threes. UNLV's, uh, basically their defensive scheme is going to give up some open looks from three. That's the general, that's sort of the weakness of how UNLV plays with the midline or no middle defense. Wyoming hit 40% in that first matchup. They shoot it pretty well from three as a team already. If UNLV does win, that's really the only way I can see it is Wyoming just getting hot and knocking down a bunch of threes. But they did that in the last game, too. They hate, but they still lost the game because Wyoming's defense is atrocious. I just, they, they can't do it. I, and here's the other thing. Keyshawn Hall scored 10 points against Wyoming last, on like three shots against Wyoming the last time they played. I, I think there's a chance, like, Keyshawn Hall is unguardable. The UNLV could just ISO Keyshawn Hall for 40 minutes, and they and they'd probably win the game because that's how bad Wyoming's defense is. Hunter Maldonado... Uh healthy? Uh yes. He is one of the guys that hasn't played in every game, but he right. is right. He is one of their he is playing, but has not been um quite as good as he has been. I was been gonna in the say past. last year he was pretty good. Right. Um he has not been uh might that might have had right. something to do with Graham Ike. Right. Uh yeah, not having Graham Ike is a big deal. Graham Ike if Graham E. K plays this year, he might be the best player in the conference. I just I think at this point it's too late.
0: So I don't know what his uh I mean, he could. I, look, I don't know if Graham E.K. sat before. He probably has a COVID-year left, so um, there might be some discussion. I heard a couple of people within the conference say there was a discussion on if he wanted to play or if they wanted to sit him, but it's pretty late, I think, especially if he hasn't had the year, to bring him in now.
2: Yeah, so the Casper the Star Tribune did a story on Graham E.K., and it's from January 12th. So initially, Graham E.K. hurt his foot before the season started, and the initial timeline was six to eight weeks. But according to this story, I don't know if he still is, but in mid-January, he was still wearing a protective boot while sitting on the sideline on the bench during games. He has not played. And uh, Jeff Lender, who's the coach at Wyoming, he gave the quote back in uh, January. In reality, if the best thing is for him to not play this year, that's what it will be. If he's able to feel comfortable and able to get back in a few weeks, that's what it's going to be. At the end of the day, it's going to be his decision because it's his body and he knows how it feels. Even if Graham Ike was hundred percent healthy in like a week or so. Why, why would you come back? I, I mean, I
0: wouldn't, I'd sit the year. Yeah.
2: They're seven and 15. Yeah. Like what it what, yeah. like, what's the, the best case scenario if Graham EK comes back is they, they win the mountain West tournament and they get like a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament. Right. So I, I can't imagine if you're EK or even if you're just Wyoming and you sit down and say, okay, he, even if he is hundred percent, do we bring him back? What's for? What good are we going to do playing yeah. four or five games with Graham E.K. Then the season, And if I'm him, I don't want to come back. To right. next year. I just say, oh, I'll, I'll come back and be ready to go hundred percent to start next season right. and not really risk anything or hell it's college basketball in 2023. He might transfer somewhere else, but I can't imagine you bring him back at this point. If they were 15 and seven, if they were a team, they that, were top three or four in right. the league, then you'd say, oh yeah, get back here. Even if it's only for four or five games in the regular season, we can use you. We might actually do something this year. But where they stand right now, no, I can't imagine no. that that's uh, even, even a realistic possibility for UNLV. So the ongoing conversation we have is about the center position. Who do you think plays the most minutes there tonight? David Mawaka. Oh, you think so?
0: I'm going I'm to go back to him. Isn't he, he Walker, uh, was he uh, banged up this week?
2: Uh, yeah, he I missed thought, a day of practice. Yeah, I thought and he Kruger missed a day Kruger day of called it precautionary, according okay. to Mike Ramallah. So maybe. So Milwaukee's been benched for the most part. Right. Uh, he did play more minutes than Keyshawn Hall in the last game, actually matched the amount of minutes that Iwako played too. But the problem has been he only plays when the other two are foul. Right. So if Iwako and Keyshawn Hall get into a bunch of foul trouble, then he's the Milwaukee's gonna play. It's not like he's not gonna get minutes if the other two foul out or something. But it kind of takes those two being in the foul trouble for him to get some playing time. Otherwise, I'm going to say, okay, I'll say, I'll say, I'll I'll go with the underdog. I'll go with Miyako. Who do you say? I think Iwako ends up playing the most. I okay. think Victor Wako plays the most just because he's going to start. And if he picks up early fouls, he'll go to the bench. But if he doesn't, he's going to play 20 Does it matter minutes.
0: that Keyshawn Hall played well against them last time?
2: Um, may It depends on what UNLV needs. Because Wyoming's so bad defensively that they shouldn't need Keyshawn Hall to score, right? In this game, they shouldn't need Keyshawn Hall to go out and put up points. Whereas against other good defensive teams, they sometimes need Keyshawn Hall's points. But maybe they put them in if they're struggling offensively. If EJ Harkless gets off to a slow start, maybe they say, hey, Keyshawn, go give us four ISOs in a row and score.